Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. It's good to see that you've walked back here to the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, the Unlucky Lounge, and joining me, as always, is the 2-2 that's always there for you on turn number two. He is our bear-tending friend, Borok. Borok, my man, we may not have quite made it to day two in the Arena Draft Open, but boy, we have had a good time trying, didn't we? <laughs> No, by good time, I do not mean throwing away a bunch of gems. I mean, authentically, I enjoyed myself. I am not just saying that to try to get more of them. Okay, your point was all made, but I am not a magic boomer. Well, this looks like another agree to disagree situation. But what we will agree on this week is that we have a phenomenal guest here in the Unlucky Lounge for our episode of Friday Night Podcast. But before we get to the drafting fun, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And as always, this show is made possible because of all of you, my listeners. Thank you once more for giving us the best gift you could ever give anyone, and that is their time. And we'd love for you to spend a little bit more time with us. Find us on socials, on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram at Corey Demone Enriquez. And if this show is bringing you some joy, Think about joining our Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Link in the show description below. Early access to the episodes and also other great benefits as well. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, the housekeeping and upkeeping is all done. The sorcerer's broom is put back into the conjurer's closet. And I say we waste no further time. Let's make our way back to the feature table and welcome... To the show, a brand new guest here on Friday Night Podcast. I gotta ask, Bubbles, what do you think? I, I just hired a new chef in the back, and I, I think he's doing pretty good, all things considered. Oh, this is this is like the best meal I've ever had. Like usually, people cannot get the steaks like I like, like the tenderloin of Tarask, so good. Like I usually like stuff medium rare, but they always make it medium well. And I gotta say, they got it. Perfect. No chef is worth their weight if they cannot get the right cook temperatures. And you know, at least we found a use for all of those terrasse because it's not a very good magic card, but it makes for a good flank. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I'm just, I gotta eat some more here. Oh, well, how do you like your meal, mm, turtle? Oh, oh, hello. Um, <clears throat> you got bad timing. I think if you're a little quicker, no offense, but you know, then I could have finished chewing or it was before I took a bite either way but yeah hey it's great isn't it like that always happens to me like my waiter always asks me that question when I have a bite full of food mm -hmm. it's, it's just true. it just what happens well, well I'll let you enjoy your meal I'm gonna go find a use for all four of my Teferi time revelers Turtle. Ooh, you know I think the use would be to put them in the trash but you didn't hear that from me I would tend to agree with you but I mean, at least he's building a deck with Teferis and not Winter Orbs, but honestly, I don't know anymore which one's worse. <sighs> oh God, both of those gave me like kind of panic attacks a little bit, like and flashbacks and yeah, ooh, I can't think about it. They, they are memories to be had, but there's memories to be had right here because all of my unlucky lounge rats back here, we have the feature table open once more. Now that the doors and curtains are open, we get to welcome some guests back to the show. And boy, we've got a great guest joining us here this week for Friday Night Podcast, a social media sensation, a phenomenal artist, and just a great person to meet at live magic events. It's Air Bubbles Cosplay. Can, can I just call you Bubbles? 
Oh yeah, that's fine. Air bubbles is kind of like a mouthful, so yeah, bubbles. Well, 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 Bubs, I appreciate you coming on the show here, and I, I'd love for you just to kind of to tell all of our listeners, my unlucky lounge rats, what what you're all about. Uh, tell us what do you do out there in the magic content creator sphere. Oh, geez. Um, well, as you said, as you mentioned before, I go to like live events. I kind of had gotten more in the last year into Magic the Gathering Arena online, um, where before that I would just kind of play a lot of Commander with people in person. Um, but now I've kind of really enjoyed playing competitively and actually building decks because of Arena, which is something I never thought I would like ever in my life. But the biggest side of me is definitely going to be the cosplay side of creating costumes from the Magic Universe. And I, well, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to actually play a game of Magic with you yet, but we will hear tonight on the podcast. But I have to say, if your playing of Magic is even close to your cosplay, you are like Huey Jensen level because my goodness, you need to take a look at her socials, my unlucky lounge rats. Some of the cosplay work is just stunning and that's even just in the artistry of it. Some of the sewing and the costume design just really is great. Where do you find your inspiration to create your characters? Oh, um, gosh, I mean, I started with doing costume design in theaters and I just, I love bringing characters to life. So, um, and when I saw Chandra for the first time, for example, it just like hit me that this was me. This was a character I wanted to portray and be. And it just, the inspiration comes from, you just kind of like feel it. I, <laughs> for some reason, my brain went to like, you know, when you like fall in love, you don't know it. You just like, you just know it, you know? <laughs> I, I do know. I do know there, there's a reason why I, I make a podcast that isn't about being better at magic, but rather going on silly adventures. I get you. I understand you. I'm where you're at. But all this must have started from some place with an origin in the game itself. Where did you first interact with Magic the Gathering? So when I met my now husband, um, I didn't know how to play Magic. So he had a few decks. I don't even remember what they were. They don't exist anymore in our house, but he was gonna teach me how to play so we're playing and I was starting to win and he's like mm, no and then just crushed me in like a turn and destroyed me I thought I would never want to play again but turns out magic is very addicting um and so this was around like the very end of like the gate crash blocks to the very beginning of Theros so he took me to like my first pre-releases and I just was it was like I was hooked. I had to buy boxes. I had to buy all the cards. I wanted to open all the packs. And then I remember as far as the cosplay side, he had a Chandra Pyromaster card. And I remember he just handed me the card and was like, I think you'll like her. And lo and behold, I have now made like five, six renditions of Chandra. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I've made a lot. <laughs> the question I would have to ask, because number one, let's face it, Chandra has so many printings of her. Do you ever find a hard time understanding by her different pseudonyms like Pyromaster or whatever, like which one is which? Because I cannot figure it out sometimes for the life of me. I'll be honest, I don't really pay attention. I'm just like, she's Chandra and she shoots fire and I usually just say Pyromancer. <laughs> so, but I, if you asked me to try and identify all the cards, I'd be like, hang on, I need to read them all because there are so many and I just can't memorize. At least the latest one from Crimson Vow is just very on point with the set itself, Dressed to Kill. I mean, I think that's one I'll never forget, but you really got to appreciate uh, in the time span since I guess Gatecrash to today, I really think that Magic storyline has kind of progressed in leaps and bounds for both, you know, I think it's areas of opportunity and also just to kind of define the world. I, I found it to be fascinating. Oh, same, especially like I, I'm not, I wish I had more time to actually read all the stories online and whatnot. So initially I had found it was very hard to either keep up with stories or even go back and learn ones. Like I did do, for example, I did a uh, Weatherlight group, like the original Weatherlight crew. So I was Hannah, Ooh. we had a Gerard, we had, um, no, I'm, I'm Sisse, I'm like, oh, nervous. I can't Karn. name all, but. A Karn? Oh, we, uh, we we met up with a Karn, but we didn't have a Karn at our initial meetup. We had a Sisse and then we had, 
Oh my gosh, I can like see them all in my brain. But it was it was a really fun group that we did, and I didn't really know a ton about the history or the story, but、um, I got to learn from being in that group and everyone kind of feeding me little tidbits. So we got to have some really great photos out of it.、Um, there's a fabulous photo of me、uh, slapping. Is it? Yeah, slapping Urza, right? Yeah, I was slapping Urza in the face because he kills Gerard, doesn't he? Spoiler. Disney. <laughs> Who am I thinking of?、Uh, honestly, I was I was about to make the point of I feel like I get to just see the cars and I know the story, but I think right now you've kind of proved me wrong. I have no idea who killed her. So, but I, I think that might be kind of relevant coming soon because next year we get a double dip of Dominaria. At the end of the the year, we get first Dominaria United, which I have to imagine we kind of see. Where Dominaria is, maybe they're uniting against the Frexians again. I would love to see the Frexians back in the verse. I mean, we did get Boring Clex in in Call Time, but then we get to go back to the Brothers War, and that's where we're going to dig into, I think, some more of the lore of that. So maybe we'll have some holes filled in, and maybe we'll kind of get back to some of the, those classic Weatherlight characters. Which I love that you did that, especially because they aren't as contemporary every once in a while, but they really do have a lot of resonance. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was actually a lot more difficult to make that costume. She's wearing like chaps, kind of, and it was just really hard to sew. But it, I learned a lot, and it was a lot of fun. And and when I, speaking of like crazy stories too, because I think the dump, like the weatherlight story is just insane. When I made a chroma,、um, angel of wrath, like talk about a weird story. When I actually went and read the story of a chroma, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is happening right now?" I mean, that girl literally has knives for feet. That is a thing, and you can see it clearly in her card in Commander Legends. Which I thought, kudos, way to find a way to actually get those knife feet. Yes, not great for cosplayers. They probably wouldn't let you、uh, have those in a convention. You'd have to check your legs at the door. Which is reasonable to me. But speaking <laughs> of conventions, I, I, the last episode that we did was kind of my scrapbook, my audio scrapbook, as it were, of the Vegas event, the CFB event, and that's where we made our connection. And I would love to know、uh, how did your booth, the She Sparks booth, which had a number of other great content creators like Talia Vest,、uh, Zabricus, and past guest of the show Zbex, how, how did that all come together? Um, without being cheesy, it kind of just sparked together.、Uh-huh. Oh,、um, <laughs> well, you couldn't be on a better magic podcast than this one to make a joke like that. Look, I did win second place at a dad joke contest once, so like, just be prepared. They may just pop out of nowhere.、Um. <laughs> well, the amount of bear and turtle puns that we have on the show means that you have found yourself your new watering hole. I'm so excited! I can't bear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.、Um, Or I、so, calm down. Okay, it, <laughs> you're already used to that with me. You have to let the guests have their moment to shine too. <laughs> He loves it. Don't let him. Let him. Don't let him convince you otherwise. He loves it. All right. I, I, I'll let. I'll let it. I'll let it slide this time. We'll see though. If he, you know, that happens again, I might have to. We'll see. <laughs> the She Sparks booth. It literally sparked. Uh, like, did did this come from like months of planning? Were the four of you ready to go as soon as the next big event happened, as the pandemic is starting to die down, or was it a little bit smaller of a burn, like a like a month or so? Or how did it come together? It was definitely really fast.、Um, a, I was reached out spontaneously by Talia、um, to. Be at a booth at the convention. Like she asked me first. Well, she asked me first if I was going, and I was like, "Well, yes, I am." And、um, then asked about joining the booth. And I think at that time, Zabricus and Zbex were already、um, yeses on the list. And so I, it was really exciting to be like, "Okay, this is like the last piece of the puzzle for the table." And、um, we joined a Discord chat. I think we were talking for, I think like a month. Like, who knows what time is anymore? But <laughs> time is a fallacy. Written by the Farmers Almanac people, and if I could go back in time and find those people that decided to only give us 24 hours in a day, I would kick them in the teeth and tell us to give us 29. I, same, absolutely.、Um, but yeah, so we had like a month of chatting and sort of talking about like、um, the booth, what we wanted at the booth, like what really small initially of like what products we would have.、Um, 
because uh, Stabricus is pretty well rounded as far as being at a convention and having a table and booth. So she was really on it. Like I have this, that, and the other. Zebex knows a little bit from her side of, you know, owning a card shop um, with her family. And then of course, Talia also knows a lot of stuff too, but I don't know. She didn't quite know everything she wanted to bring at the booths. We kind of all got to help each other and really build off of that. And I initially thought it was just going to be like, you know, this one-off thing. But then as we started chatting more, we all had these sort of like similar ideas of what we wanted from the magic community as women and and what we wanted to do with it. And so we're like, you know, we can we can really build this. And as, when you have four mi- like-minded people working on a same goal, it just blossoms into something. Um, so without like spoiling anything, like we do have plans for the future to really make this bigger and take what we learned from Vegas and bring it forward to future events. Um, because it was sort of like a little test booth that ended up being a huge hit despite being sort of hidden in a back corner. It seemed like everyone could find us and it was so much fun. I met so many people. It was amazing. And I had tons of people come up and say, this is such an amazing booth to have. Um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely. You got to meet one of the coolest podcast hosts along <laughs> the way, but uh, yes, mean, and, yeah. and yeah, that was definitely the guys at limited edition. So it was nice that you met them. Uh, <laughs> and even if it was in the back corner, you were right by the commander area, which had to have been probably one of the most populated areas. And you said that you play commander. I would love to know what kind of commander decks you like to play? Is there a certain play style? Is there a certain archetype or thing you like to do? What drives the Planeswalker spark inside of you in a hundred card singleton format? Other than crushing my opponents. Sure. I mean, that's a that's a great answer. <laughs> I mean, Acceptable over- and truthful. <laughs> Uh, when me and my husband had our first apartment, like this tiny, like less than 700 square foot apartment, we actually would have magic nights with like 10 people. We'd all like cram into our tiny house and like play commander. And at first it started out really casual. A lot of us were playing like with the pre-built decks. Maybe we added a few cards. Like I think one of the first decks I ever played was Jaleva. I can't remember her full like title, but she's uh, like blue, black, red. And then I went to a Rakdos deck and that one didn't really work out, but I was like, you know what? And it just kind of like catapulted from there. One of the first decks I actually really built by myself was Skullbriar the Walking Grave. And <laughs> he's he my some, favorite. He's got, he got some spicy tools in Ikoria as well. I, oh yeah. If you saw that deck together, the Ozolith must be a real fun one. And you get to put like, Hexproof counters on it and indestructible counters. It's in there, but every time it comes out, everyone immediately destroys it. So I've never actually been able to use it. And now since my friends have played it so many times, they're like, we know what's going to happen. And so they just, I think I had to pay like 12 mana to cast him once. And he only costs one green and one black initially. So he was killed so many times Um, because he doesn't lose his counters like ever. You have to manually remove them now because of the new rules. Um, so I really like to do lots of, um, graveyard stuff and like big stompy, scary creatures. And I have a vampire deck that I really like. So you can imagine I was super excited for the return of Innistrad and, um, and then I do have like a few, like more fun decks that are just, um, just to make people mad that usually would never win. Like I have a Rubinia Soul Singer deck that just is all enchantments so I can make it so no one can hit me and I'm just annoying. Um, but eventually I'll die because they'll remove everything. <laughs> but, um, and well, then- I, I guess, you know, start packing your homeward paths, fellow Planeswalkers, you sit across from huh. Ms. Bubba Bubba over here. No, don't do that. Just let it happen. <laughs> Just get, let me have all your stuff. It's the natural yeah, order of things. I says would Rubina. like that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then my two, one of two of my favorites that are more like meme decks, so to speak, is I was inspired by someone at a previous, I think it was, was it a Vegas event? I think it was a previous Vegas event who had an all Jace commander deck. Like uh. every card in it was Jace, had Jace on it. Even his islands had Jace on them because there is an island with Jace on it. And like the text would have Jace, like a quote from him or have his name in it. And it just, everything had Jace. And so I was like, I need to do this with Chandra. So 
I made a oops all Chandra deck where every card in it is Chandra, has Chandra on it, a quote from her or her name in the text somewhere. There's no land with her on it, unfortunately. And there's a few cards that aren't really like Chandra, but I wanted to make it not complete crap. But it is like you play an enchantment though, and it will be, I can't kill an enchantment with that deck. It's impossible. And oh, then and guess, is there is there any Chaos Warp that has Chandra on it? Oh, I haven't checked. I, it's been a minute since I've actually like updated and looked at it. So I need to add some new things to it. So I will definitely check that out. And I do want to also almost eerily so point out that the magic iconic personality, Louis Scott Vargas just released that there is a modern deck called Oops All Chandra that <laughs> somehow made its way into the ecosystem. Well, I, you know, I was actually going to try and get into modern because my husband wants to play modern. So I guess maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> so I'll definitely play that deck. Uh, but I got to say my my jewel right now, which is more funny than anything, is I do have a shirtless folks commander deck where my commander is Child of Alara, the ultimate shirtless folk, a baby. And um, everyone in it is either shirtless or has their midriff showing because I didn't, you know, I wanted to be inclusive, in including like even spells. We've had debates when I've played with other people where it's like there's skeletons getting in there like body being blasted apart i'm like but they they're not wearing a shirt anymore it was just blasted off you know we've had debates of who's wearing shirts it's very entertaining well someday we'll have to have shirtless commander take on <laughs> severed limb tribal and we'll see what shall be that which reigns the best with lack of something hereof but i, I i'm gonna loop back to something that we said probably about five minutes ago but you said that the She Sparks booth blossomed out of nowhere. You're, of course, the iconic Bubbles. And if we round that out, we find that that's part of a trinity. And that's, of course, the Powerpuff Girls. And that leads me to a question I know. It was a very smooth segue. You're welcome, listeners. Uh, before we get into this draft, I like to lead into this because still kind of on people's minds, magic universes and beyond, it's a thing. And I love to throw pop culture stuff out there for my listeners that have joined me for a while. You know I'll throw in random references to Street Fighter the movie and even worse than that. So my question I gotta throw your way, Bubbles, if you could bring any property into that universes and beyond kind of motif, what kind of property would you bring into it? And you know, it can be anything. I mean, the first technical Universes and beyond, if I'm going to say that, I'm going to throw this hot take out, was Arabian Nights, because that is not magic property, and that was the first expansion set, and that had like Aladdin and Alibaba. So, I, I, anything out there, I would love to know, what would you like to see Magic the Gathering assized? So, immediately, I had two things tie in my head at the same time, but I realized one of them has technically already been done. Like, I'm a huge Critical Role fan. But it is that is D and D. So, but it would be cool to see like the actual characters in the cards instead of you know just like Bard. It would be like Scanlan, for example. So, but that's when I'm like, oh, I mean, that's it's already kind of been done. And then, but I am a huge Destiny nerd, so mm. I I don't know how it would work. You know, space magic going into magic magic but I would be super down to play like Marasov and she'd be like this an amazing legendary creature or something. I don't know what she'd do, but uh, she'd probably like take control of other creatures is my guess. Cause she's really good at like manipulation and getting her right way. up your alley, right up your alley. Manipulation and getting my way, what? <laughs> I was gonna say take control of other creatures, Miss Rubina Soul Singer Commander deck. It's but true, I did. Magic is going into space with the unset, so I see no reason why Destiny can't make its way there too. That's fair. It would be so cool. I would have to agree, but you know, it's Friday night, and I think it's time for us to get into the heart of this podcast, and that is Friday Night Podcast. It's time for us to do a little draft. Tell me, Bubbles, when you go to like a Friday Night Magic, what do you like to do? Or have you, I'm sure you've been to one before, correct? Yeah, it's been a while, but I've been to one. What's your preferred format in Friday Night Magic? I prefer sealed, but that's not really FNM. But I am, uh, I'm definitely a traditional drafter. That is kind of my go-to. 
Well, you said the magic words, because ladies and gentlemen, we have traditional draft Crimson Vow right here for you for the end of the week. See, that's called leading the person that is the guest to the point of the show. A plus gold star for me. Well, there's a picture of me right there with the two glasses of wine and everything. (laughs) Well, now that we're bringing up wine, I think now is a good time as any for a little tradition here in the Unlucky Lounge. So all of you listening at home and here in our feature table area, grab a drink, grab a snack, maybe even crack a pack. It's time for us to celebrate all the good that you do because this is the untapped step. Cheers, Bubbles. Thanks for joining us on the show. Cheers. Uh, So since this is traditional draft and I feel like it might take a little bit of time before the draft actually cues, I have to ask you, have you had a chance to dig into much of Innistrad Crimson Bow yet? Yes and no. Like, I feel like I've gotten pretty familiar with the cards by being able to like open a lot of packs, but I have done quite a few sealed matches. And then I just started getting into the drafts in arena. I always like to kind of do as much sealed as I can before it goes away, just to really build up my collection online. And then I go into the um, drafting. I When it's available, I like to do the, what is it called? I just forgot. Uh, it's been a minute since I've played any video games, but the um, draft where you are drafting as a computer, just because since I'm trying to teach myself to be a better drafter. So I find that if I have more time to make a conscious decision, then it's teaching me something. <laughs> so No, that's that's fair. And I think for, for those who don't get a chance to do a lot of drafts, it can be a little overwhelming, especially here on Arena when you have these time clocks that are pretty unforgiving. And, yeah. you know, God forbid your internet pops out for a second then you could be losing a pick and one pick can be critical to an entire draft oh my gosh that actually happened to me one time but then i think arena had to like reset or something so when i came back my draft was actually completely different and it happened to have a tox roll and then the what demon and the demon guy that makes you sack a creature and you create a demon token oh no so those two together Needless to say, I did very well that draft. <laughs> I I would I would take a guess. I would take a guess that that was in fact the truth of it. <laughs> but if you're a fan of sealed, today actually hot news. Did you hear about the decathlon on Arena that's coming out? No. One of the devs went on Gavin Verhey's show and he talked about an event that's beginning next week where they're going to roll out ten different events that are going to be happening you know one after another and if you go like seven and oh or seven and three you you get the trophy you get a decathlon token which can earn you an entry to the final which is cube draft at the beginning of next year and one of those events is actually a phantom crimson vow and innistrad midnight hunt mashed together it's this weird wacky thing they're doing 10 different formats in a small amount of days i'm kind of excited for it Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I would it, try everything. I mean, why not try everything? And oh, oh look. Um I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speak of the demon, the uh, creature in question that Bubbles was talking about not too long ago was Dreadfast Demon 5 Black Black 6 6 Flyer. We give your end step, sacrifice a non-demon creature, and then you make a token copy of Dreadfast Demon. Now, granted, this is no pack rat. But man, this card can make a big board impact. And you feel pretty good when you find it in your limited event, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, and you know what? If we can get a tox roll, this would, I, I'm, I don't even know if I'm saying that name right. The slug, uh, yep. that would be amazing. Oh and my gosh. I'm blushing just at the idea of having a tox roll in the set right now. I'm, fun fact, please. my brother-in-law is terrified of slugs and snails. So he hates that card. Well, maybe we'll find ourselves a Toxel, but here in Pick One, Pack One, it's a very easy dread fast demon for us. A solid start as we go into Pick Two of Pack One. And this is where things kind of start to fall off just a little bit. In the uncommon slot, we've got Dawnheart Geist gains life when you play an enchantment. Gutter Skulker, the 3 3 that can't be blocked if it attacks alone, disturbs with three in a black and or three in a blue, and then turns into the unblockable enchantment and a skulking killer, which has been very ineffectual. There is the red white land, but that's pretty far away from what we're looking for. The only other black card is a persistent specimen, and I'm a big fan of reckless impulse myself. Do you, is anything speaking to you, Bubbles, right now as you're seeing the pack? 
I'm just haunted by that skeleton because I did play someone who I couldn't beat them because they kept bringing back that godforsaken skeleton. So that's all I can think about. In my recent stream, I, I was really talking about, can we make some of this sacrifice exploit stuff work? And I mean, this is one of the cards that can do it and the format is slow enough to potentially support that. And it can just be a good blocker. You know what? Sometimes we're here to have some fun and try some things. I'm down for some skeleton and that works within shirtless tribal too. <laughs> yeah. Is he well same with the demon? Like, is he wearing a shirt? I don't think so. I see zero shirt. I see zero fabric on that demon. Yeah. Zero. So we're in pick three, pack one. There is a few uncommons left. There's a thirst for discovery, the instant speed, draw three, and then discard two unless you discard a basic land. Instant speed, quite nice. Wandering mind, which is really well slided for the blue-red deck in this format. Two one flyer. ETBs look at six cards, top your library, non-creature, non-land, put in hand for three mana. Uh, besides those two cards, I'm looking at, say, a Fierce Retribution as good removal, Flame Bless Bolt, which puts us in black red, which is really good. But we can also try to push this blue black with Thirst for Discovery. What are you feeling, Bubbles? Mm, I mean, I'm not very good at playing blue, but uh, I, I really like both of those, honestly. I'll let you pick there. Let's just stick with the consistent Flame Bless Bolt, and if we have to move off it, I won't be too sad. There really is no other black card to support our first two picks. But, ooh, speaking of black cards to support our picks here, a nice ooh. little additional bit of removal here in Parasitic Grasp. The three damage, game three life, cleaves for one black black, cast for one a black, though, if you target a human, this is kind of nice. And we also see a Twin Blade Geast right now. Alongside having a number of other white cards we've seen along the way, this might be a Decent enough signal, alongside seeing a Kindly Ancestor and a Sigarda's Imprisonment in this pack, Black-White might be open. I still want to take this yeah. Black card, though, uh, Buble, just because it kind of fits. I agree. <laughs> and for those of you who are listening and maybe heard me say Buble, that wasn't a mistake. Let's go to pick five, pack one. As we mm -hmm. see a handful of white cards, they're they're kind of looking pretty medium. Uh, Dawnheart Geist, a Heron Blessed Geist, the 3-3 three, three flyer for four and a white, and then you can make some 1-1 one, one flyers if you control an enchantment with an ability from the graveyard. I do like, though, this Diagraph Scavenger that's in this pack, the 2-3 three for three and a black Death Toucher, and it can exile a card from a graveyard. If it's a creature, you drain each opponent for two life and you gain two. Uh, have you had a chance to play with this card yet? I have, but I always end up playing it when there's nothing in the graveyard, surprisingly. <laughs> Bummersville, you'd think with I know. blood tokens going around, you'd be able to get something easily, but I still think this is a pretty safe pick. Are, are, are you into a little scavenging oh, yeah. action? Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. As we go to pick six, and things are getting a little interesting at the uncommon slot here. This is a card that I've been coming around to a little bit more. It's Dread Fugue. One black sorcery, cleaves for two and a black, and then a player reveals their hand. If it is uncleaved, you can discard a card with a mana value two or less. If not, discard any card. And the fact that this format is so slow makes me kind of like this card, but there is an Undying Malice also as a black card. And there really isn't anything in the realm of red or white that we see. Is there anything that's kind of screaming out to you? Um, I have recently drafted with the Dread Fugue and I had pretty good luck with that. Um, I've always found, you know, yeah, removing cards from your opponents top notch. Yeah, and even though it is a discard from hand thing, which isn't yeah. always necessarily successful, I still think it's good. Whoa, there might be some late signals here. Pick seven, pack one is a Bioloom Egg. This is the zero four defender that ETV scries to for two and a blue. And then if you sacrifice it to an effect, it transforms into a four four at the end of turn that can become unblockable. Man, this card has really come around for me. Uh, besides that, there's a Courier Bat. I love me some Wretched Throng but I kind of think this is a really nice signal, don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think it's signaling that I need to get over my fear of blue. You know, blue is an intimidating color, but let's let, let's just see if we can get some blue creature value. Like that could be pretty sweet. And I think we almost got nearly rewarded right away. Ooh. Pick eight. So we get a lunar rejection, one a blue instant, cleaves for four. You return a wolf or werewolf or anything if the cleave cost is cast. And you also get to draw a card. I, I think this is really nice. There's a number of times I've ended up having to double block a lot and this card can do some good work against that. Oh yeah. Easily pick up a little bit of interaction there. And we, oh wow. We'll take Visionary, the uncommon three one tables and a blood fountain. I, I think we'll take Visionary is really good, but 
The blue cards we got pretty late leads me to want to take at least a black card, which we know we're playing in a blood fountain. Yeah, I I also recently drafted with a blood fountain and it was pretty good. Surprisingly. Uh, you know, I guess we're going to take it then. I like the little sing song you there. Look at you getting <laughs> in the mood of the Unlucky Lounge. <laughs> Pick 10, pack one. There's a Skulking Killer card that just never gets there. There's an Alchemist Retrieval. There's still the land. We're in garbage time right now, as we like to call it. So there's really not much stake in picking these. Do you have any inclination? Nope. I think the blue is fine that you got over there. Yeah. So we're going to go through these last picks pretty quickly. Ooh, we do see a Grizzly Ritual, which is kind of nice. There's yeah. also the Wandering Mine that's still going around, which makes me sad, but I don't really want to take that. But as we're going into our next pack here, Oh, a Kindly Ancestor still in this pick 12? What is going oh my. on? Well, you know, I think we're, we've read our signals relatively well, and I'm hoping to find some uh, nice exploit payoffs. I think that's kind of where I want to be at. And a Scatterthos for the final pick? I play that wow. sometimes. That's like, this is like the best I've ever seen. Oh my God. A Soren right off the bat. It's getting um, kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. And he, I mean, I would put him in my shirtless folks deck. I know he's wearing a shirtless, but like, look at how low his shirt is. Like, he's just begging to not be wearing a shirt. Soren, yeah, that's really quite a pickup. My, uh, I mean, it's pretty hard to beat a Soren, and it's pretty nice to pick one up as well. So, even though he is filled with shirts, we will take it. You know, there's a lot of versions of this Soren. Do any of them maybe not have a shirt? Does the Count Dracula version have a shirt? He, I think he does, sadly. I'm. I I have to look now. I'm really sad for you. I I, I would love a just for this deck to have a, a character that I believe should go shirtless in this situation. But you know that's all right. Soren's still there, and we're gonna go to pick two, a pack two. Interesting here. So the rare is still in the pack. It's Voldaren Estates. It's the land that can add any color of mana to cast a vampire. It makes a colorless, and then it can be five and tap it to make a blood token, but that ability costs one less for each vampire you control. At the moment, we have actually zero vampires, but there is a vampire that interests me here, and that's Restless Bloodseeker. Uh, the 1-3 that when you gain a life at end of turn, you create a blood token, sack two blood tokens, transform it, and then it can drain your opponent for two with five mana. I have really liked this card. Me too, and I find too that sometimes it scares enough people that they may be distracted by trying to destroy that, and so then you could potentially play something bigger after that and you're like well you wasted your kill spell here's my demon or something yeah that's but an I excellent do like point that guy. yeah and especially because we're not the black white deck which is where i think its best function is there is you know a little bit of you know lightning rod kind of happening there where maybe they might waste the removal spell excellent point there was a stitched assistant in that last pack if we could table that that would work really nice with the specimen that we have and the biloom egg still looking for a little bit of exploit payoffs to what's going on here but as we go into pick three in the blue black deck we're putting together here there's a geist light snare the counter spell that costs less for spirits and enchantments if you control them count us to pay three there is a desperate farmer and there's also this selhoffen tumor which people are telling me is good but i'm not really convinced quite yet i've had him out there and he's done nothing so yeah. And I'm not convinced either about the Geist Snare because this format goes very, very late and can really stall out. So I'd much rather take that. We probably won't even play it, honestly. As we go to pick four, pack two, ooh, there's some gas for us here. There's a point of discussion as a good card draw spell and making a blood token kind of helps out with Bloodseeker. There's also a Lantern Bearer, I think probably the best blue common in the set, the one player that deserves for two and a blue and becomes an aura that gives enchanted creature plus one, plus one and flying. I think those are kind of the two cards that we're kind of debating here. What are you thinking, Bubbles? Oh, I do love that Lantern Bearer, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I'm pretty hard. okay taking it because yeah. we have a scattered thoughts right now. Like we still have a way of drawing cards. Plus, let's not forget that the non-shirtless, shirtless wonder himself, Soren, can generate us card advantage. As we go to pick five, pack two, not much in the realm of blue-black that we're seeing here. Um, the rare is still in the pack, which is Howling Moon. Man, if you're just good uh, at playing around this card, this card does basically nothing. Besides that, there's a Doom Dissenter, which if we can find, again, a few bits of exploiting along the way, this is a nice little curve filler, if you ask me. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Especially if you get our demon out too, you can just get rid of him and make a zombie as well. 
easy little doom to center. But now in this pack, we see all the blue black. Oh my. Cards. Everything's basically blue or black. If I'm going to point things out, there's a wedding security, but I don't know how far we're into blood. It just doesn't feel very good. We have a blood fountain. We have the restless blood seeker. Not that much to work off of. There's a ragged recluse. We do see the stitched assistant. Am I wrong to think about taking this right now, considering that we've got a handful of things? Oh, I think we should give it a try. Like, even if we can't, he's still a 3-2, which is still pretty decent. You know what? Let's do it. We're doing it. Going to pick seven of pack two. All the uncommons and the rare is still there. Splendid Reclamation, Soul Cipher Boards, the Guardian Paladin, and Boarded Window. Uh, there's still a Diagraph Scavenger. There's also Wedding Invitation, which I've kind of enjoyed. Really good in racing situations and to break open a board stall. Oh, yeah, is, definitely. I, and this is a nice little pickup here in pick eight of pack two, a syncopate. I'm very happy to play one of in decks like this. And you can really get them on a turn two. Just get it mm -hmm. for one. I like how I keep nodding. Just so I'm nodding really loud. Everyone, you can hear me nodding. <laughs> I, it is it is the nods of, of justice and the wind through the microphone that we can really hear you. <laughs> well, it looks like we're, our table pack's got not much of anything. I'll take a vampire's kiss and probably not end up playing any of this. And ooh, we did table the stitch assistant. The Voldaren estate's still there and a blood fountain. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. I think I want the Sitch Assistant, considering that we've got a number of exploit things. Like, if we can't upgrade our exploit stuff, at least we have that. Yeah, that would be great. So we'll pick that up and we'll go to garbage time here. If you wanted anything right now going into pack three, what does your heart tell you? What would you like? Ooh, picked up a Siphon Essence on the table. Oh, geez. I don't even know. Like, I let me see what we got going on. We've got a Planeswalker. we got a Bomb Rare. We've got some okay removal and a Parasitic Grasp. A little bit of counter spell action. Maybe be nice to see a little more exploit, but yeah. I know that we just keep hoping for that. Uh, I mean, we're gonna see a little something at least here uh, in the rare. We, we see here the Voldaren Bloodcaster, the two one flyer for one in a black. <gasps> when it or another non-token creature you control dies, you make a blood token. If you have five blood tokens, it transforms into a three through fire that can make your blood tokens into bats. We've got Mondo yes. Combo here. Persistent specimens actually looking kind of good. Yeah, oh my God. If we could get another one too, that would be pretty rad just to keep cycling them through. So uh, tell me this, uh, how you feel about this. We have Voldaren Bloodcaster. We've got our Persistent Specimen and then we cast our Dreadfast Demon. Is that excess or does that just make sense? No, it just makes sense. I want to destroy my opponents. Mm, I just want to revel in that. That's beautiful. Pick <laughs> two of back three. We see a Screaming Swarm, a card I've done a lot of work with, the 4-4 Flyer for five and a blue. When you attack with one or more creatures, target player mills that many cards, and then you have an ability out of the graveyard to put it in the second from top card of your library. I like that. There's a Chill to the Grave. There's a Scattered Thoughts. We could take a second Diagraph Scavenger. What are your feelings right now, B -b -b Oh, geez, pressure. I mean, I, I kind of like, I mean, I think that art's creepy, but I kind of like the idea of that Screaming Swarm also, because I don't think we have a ton of flyers either, so. That's a point to make there. Yeah, like we could maybe use that. Ooh, well, pick three's got a few gems. We've got oh some my. commons. Yeah, but the things that are standing out to me here are a Whispering Wizard, the three, two for three and a blue. When you cast a non-creature, you make a one, one white spirit creature token flying, only triggers once per turn but we could take a second Parasitic Grasp. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of hungry for some grasping, or I'm grasping yep. for a way to introduce this card. I'm not <laughs> sure which one works best. I I was gonna try and make a pun off of like Parasite and it did not come to me in time. But yes, I like that as well. Cause we're trying to also use non-token creatures for some of our effects. So mm -hmm. making tokens is cool, but they're not really gonna help our effects that we have points being made, and also in the uncommon slot in pick four of pack three, we see an undead butler, the one, two for one to black. When it ETBs, you mill three cards, and then when it dies, you can exile it and return target creature from your graveyard to your hand. I like it. I, I really do. I mean, there's also Wretched Throng and another Blood Fountain, but I think this card might do some good work for us. It's especially nice with, say, the Stitch Assistant. Yeah, definitely. I would love to see a good 
exploit payoff here in the last couple packs. Just something nice. I, I think that's a fair ask for us, right? Yeah, let's do it. Exploit. Come on, give it to us, please. Please. Noth nothing, nothing here. Cheese. Yeah, I know. Rude, right? Rude, de rude draft. Rude. But there is a thirst for discovery here. I think this is a, a pretty good upgrade from the scattered thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, besides that, we could take another Diagraph Scavenger, which does work nice with the Restless Bloodseeker in our deck. Uh, what are you thinking? I know you keep saying Diagraph, and I'm like, but drawing cards I've learned is always really good. So I feel it like we need some draw. It is in fact the best mechanic in Magic, drawing a card. I do like it. <laughs> Ooh, so we see a Mind Leech School. It's not the big exploit payoff that we want, but it is a pretty medium one. Two, two for one of black. Exploits a creature, each opponent exiles a card from their hand. I want to get this Bioloom Egg active, and I think this yeah. is going to be what we should take. I also find, too, like cards like that put a little panic in people, and then they try and concentrate all their effort onto it, and then you can just use that time to bring out your bombs. So true. We could do it again with another Mind Leech School here in pick seven of pack three, or... Another Diagraph Scavenger. I'm gonna let you pick this time because you because you seem, yeah, okay. We'll do the I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time because we're already at 27 cards and it doesn't look like it's slowing down either. We'll take a Gift of Fangs. This is best of three, so we can use it mm -hmm. for the board for sure. And a uh, little, little Counterspell and Wash yeah. Away table there. You probably won't play it, but well, we're definitely moving our way. Oh, it looks like we get another oh, crack at a Diagraph Scavenger. There you go, Scavenger. you finally get it. <laughs> I did. I, I asked enough for the second one, but I finally got it. You know, I guess the catharsis came around. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Well, it looks like we're wrapping up this draft here. We've got a lot of cuts to make, and we've got ourselves a deck with some pretty good rares, some solid card draw, and a few valuable exploit combos. So we'll see if we can make this happen. We're going to take a quick break, and listeners, you should as well refresh those drinks and we'll be back with my bubble buddy in just a second. Welcome back all of my unlucky lounge rats. I hope you've refreshed, refueled, and good to see that you've returned as we're gonna parse out this little gem of a deck that we put together. <laughs> I've been wanting to retry out Blue Black with the Exploit queue for a while now. I, I did it early in the format, got turned off from it, and now I get a chance to do it again here, but I, I actually really don't think this deck is much in the world of Exploit, and I think it's just, we got some good cards. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'll do something and it'll, hopefully you do it well i'm kind of excited to see what it's gonna do and you know i feel a little bad for throwing some shade at mr turtle and his choice of teferis um <laughs> so i'll probably have to apologize to him later whenever he comes back mm, the, the good news is mr turtle doesn't take anything to heart he's got a very hard exterior so he'll, he'll be fine uh but you know highlights of this deck here uh the the card that you called in your own sealed experience dreadfast demon starting this draft quite strong, then going into Soren, and then our third rare being Voldaren Bloodcaster. We literally went three black rares in a row. Like that's kind of uncanny. That's my kind of draft because even though I cosplay Chandra, my favorite color to play is black. I would have never guessed. Uh, <laughs> besides that, the fact that we actually took this persistent specimen, I'm curious. If we can discard it with, say, the stitched, or sorry, thirst for discovery that we have, or sack it to our two stitched assistants, or even the mind leech ghoul. I mean, think about a turn one persistent specimen into a turn two mind leech ghoul, eventually bringing that back. Like that, that's not nothing. I like it. I hope we can do that. That would be perfect. And then even besides that, we, we still have like Bioloom eggs, stitched assistant. We've got some nice recursion in the blood fountain and the undead butler that we have. So even if they find a way to say, answer the Voldaren Bloodcaster, or they have the instant speed way of dealing with the Dreadfast Demon before it goes to the end step, we still have game to get it later on. And the exploit triggers kind of get rebought too. I kind of like what's going on here. I like it. Look, he's even dropping a body into like some other arms down there. I don't know where that's going. Where's that going? Where's that body going? 
Is he like trying to pick up a dead body from the hellish aether and then making that into a dreadfast demon maybe? Ooh, yeah. That makes sense. He's like, oh, here's a body. And the demon's like, lift me up, man. It's like, I got you. The last couple of cards in this deck here that we had to consider was say a desperate farmer, which I don't, just don't think we're the deck for. We cut the dread fugue. I just really don't think we need to interact in that way. Cut our scattered thoughts. And you know, I, I, I think it just ended up being, we just want a few more creatures just to tide over the board and playing the second Diagraph Scavenger, I think is gonna do some good work at stalling out the game. So, you know, let's, yeah. let's jump right in the queue. I think this deck is gonna do something and hopefully it'll do something well for us as we get into the battle right away. Let's do it. I'm excited. We've got a hand here. We're on the play. It's Swamp, Swamp, Swamp. Syncopate is our only blue card. But then we get Parasitic Grasp, Diagraph Scavenger, and Dreadfast Demon. I think this hand is quite keepable. We're like a blue away from it being okay. And the fact that we can remove a creature, gain three life, then exile that creature with a scavenger, I think is enough to give us like a few more card draws. So I think this hand's actually pretty okay. Yeah, that seems to work pretty well. It'll make them feel like uneasy. Oh no, they're also playing black. In fact, uh -oh. they are, and they start off on a blood fountain, but the good news is we did find a two drop. It's a mind leech tool. Certainly we can't exploit with it, but I want to get something on the board and just alive in the game. We don't really need that trigger anyway. I think even if we trade it off, we'd be pretty happy with the Diagraph Scavenger that we have. And ooh, we just drew an Undead Butler ooh. after they went Forest Pass. Ooh. So we're playing against Green Black. I mean, I guess if the Uncommons come together for that deck, it has been good. Especially that 1-4 that makes creatures assigned with toughness. That card does some good work. So we'll cast our Undead Butler, and then we're going to mill Swamp Island and the Stitched ooh. Assistant. You know, it's sad to see the island go, but I think all we really need is is any land at this point. We can even, you know, wait on the syncopate and get plenty of time. And oh, they discarded a Markov Purifier. Oh, so they're playing planes too? Yeah, I guess so. Oh my. We, yeah. Well, they did play an Evolving Wild, so, yeah. you know. I, I think splashing is relatively reasonable in this format because it's so slow. We miss our fourth land drop. We're going to crack in for three, bring them down to 15, all things being even here. And it looks like that's true, but we at least get to keep up Parasitic Grasp for hopefully some shenanigans that they might play here as they go and get their planes. Have you had a chance Probably. to draft or play the black-white deck in this limited format yet? What? Oh, I am so confused. As what? am I. So... For our listeners out there, they had the Evolving Wilds, and then they cracked it for a mountain. Then they're playing their Courier Bats without a life gain trigger. I don't even want to Parasitic Grasp that right now. I, I don't want to give that bat the respect of my good removal spell. Oh, what is happening? Well, we're also not drawing lands, as they aren't either. But we can start cracking in here a little bit. We can crack for two. Should they want to trade, which they will, okay. I mean, we get some grounding at least with creatures in the yard if we draw our own blood fountain. We did draw our persistent specimen, so while it really isn't pressure, it is something. And if they play a human or wolf, the parasitic grasp, we can cast it. And they're passing through. What? This is really a tale of us not getting fourth land drops here. But we also drew our Soren the Mirthless, so we can't be that sad. Yeah, I can't be sad when I look at that art. <gasps> No, oh. wait, he'll come back. Don't worry, he'll come no, he back. Oh, won't. no! <gasps> so our opponent just cast Flame Blessed Bolt. What, what if on the our Parasitic Grass our own specimen? <laughs> that feels real bad. <laughs> oh, Listen, no. I get it. I understand. Like this, this whole thing has been a bit of just a sticky wicket. But I mean, maybe there there is a real argument to make for your line, but I don't know. That just feels I mean, like, renegade. if I had, like, the demon out or something, then I would absolutely be like, no, I'm keeping this skeleton. He will come back forever. But, yeah, this early, it's it's fine. Yeah, I tend to agree. That actually is a, a real reason to do that. They play a Sporeback Wolf. Ironically, we can't kill it with the Parasitic Grasp, even though we can cast it for the cheaper cost. <sighs> but we will draw a card, and we'll draw a second <laughs> Parasitic Grasp. 
Well, oh we might as well use one if you ask me here. Um, well, let's get it out of there. And we're just gonna keep cracking for one. Oh Sadly, boy. we're still missing a land drop, but they are as well. They've got a blood fountain on the battlefield and they're gonna play a blood tithe harvester. Uh, the 3-2 for black and a red that can sacrifice itself and then target gets minus X minus X until end of turn where X is twice the number of blood tokens you control. It is a mouthful of a card. I'm glad you took a wine break because that is definitely a kind of card that you take a wine break for. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the glass of wine he's holding. Like, I'm kind of jealous. It's true. Well, we did draw our fourth swamp, so I think we're just going to run out Soren here. Let's do it. Yeah, Maybe we're going to make a, a vampire, I think. There's a there's a universe where someone can maybe argue that we're supposed to plus one and just keep drawing cards, but I'd rather just protect our Soren right now, and then next turn we can cast Diagraph Scavenger, really protect him on the ground and in the air at the same time. I think that's a pretty reasonable place for us to be I right now. I think that's completely reasonable. Is it bad? I don't want them to draw any land. No, that's They're pretty reasonable. They're playing like four colors or something crazy. I have no I'm idea why this Markov Purifier is in this deck. Maybe this is like some kind no. of- Oh, like, there's a Plains oh. though. They they naturally drew the Plains. They did it. I'm really uh. proud of them. They just played Hookhand Mariner, the 4-4 Human Werewolf that has Daybound, transforms into a 6-4. Uh, we did draw a Blood Fountain, so we've got some Recursion now. I think I want to start to uptick Soren, see what we can you know get out of this land hole. Ooh, and we, we did find the Ooh. island. And it doesn't deal us any damage because it has no mana value. Man, we just pro played that so well. That was I amazing. Just, I just like really impressed by us right now. <laughs> really impressed. So they're at 13. We're at 23 as a life total update here. We can cast a Diagraph Scavenger. Uh, and I think that's a pretty safe place. They have to answer what we have going on here. And I want to start getting in there. I think the way of them actually winning this game is finding a way to kind of interact with our board. Plus, getting that land. We're two lands closer to Dreadfast even. Well, we're going to get rid of that Markov Purifier that they have in their yard now with the Blood Fountain that they have on the board. And now, you know, even if they decide that they want to, like, use Removal Spell and Diagraph Scavenger, I guess we're losing out on some value here. Yeah, our Soren's it looks like our Soren's going to bite the dust. Uh, they'll, they'll, le they'll levy both creatures at the Soren pretty safely. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let it ride. Uh, we could block the Undead Butler, but it does nothing. But yeah. at least we get, to, we get to stay behind now with the 2-3 that has flying. And they do have to answer that. And ooh, we just drew a Mind Leech pool. Doesn't the butler return a creature to our hand? Is that right? It does, but we do have another option as well here, which is a Bioloom Egg. We could cast the Bioloom Egg, then cast oh, the Mind yeah. Leech pool, And yes. then still keep pressure open. Certainly we can't really use this activated ability of sacrificing two islands, but we can also then continue to put up pressure right now with our flyer by having a little bit more on the ooh, board. And I think this, this is, is really good. Perfect. And also, we, we shouldn't forget, it also scries too. And oh, we see Swamp Swamp on the top. That's Swamp Swamp into Dreadfast Demon. Yeah, yeah. I think this that's is, fair. Yeah, especially with like how much life we have too. We're wow, at 29 we there like at seven, good point. Drew everything we needed. This is amazing. It's coming around here. And I feel very well justified with having all of this pretty reasonable like draw out of being kind of mono screwed because opponents got mountain mountain plains forest swamp i don't know this archetype and i pride myself off of knowing archetypes i don't know what this archetype is uh at all my bubble buddy i i literally don't know either if they play an island i'm gonna be really confused so they played another wolf strike here and then they cast ascendant pack leader the two one for one green when it enters the battlefield, if you have a permanent with mana value four or greater, it gets a counter. And whenever you cast a spell with mana four or greater, it gets a power. So that means our board said we have a four, four, two, two, and a one, two. They've got a four, four, three, two, and a three, two. You know, I think we're doing pretty okay here for all things being even. We could crack in with the Bioloom Serpent and have Parasitic Grasp in hand if they want to double block with the Pack Leader and the Tithe Harvester. I'm actually, I think I feel pretty okay about attacking right now. We keep the pressure up. And they could have a bad block here. And yeah, they're blocking with their hook hand mariner char serpent, but I don't much mind that, honestly. We'll I play don't our either. Yeah, we'll play our blood fountain, which is gonna give us a blood token. And now we've got syncopate, parasitic grasp, 
and Dreadfast Demon in our hand. Plus, we're going to get Recursion off the Blood Fountain. We're in a pretty decent spot. Certainly, they have their own Blood Fountain, and they have two creatures. But next turn, we just get to cast a Dreadfast Demon, sack an Undead Butler, get a creature back, get the Bioloom Egg. If they don't interact with what's going on, we get to sack the Bioloom Egg to make another Dreadfast Demon. They really need something good, and it has to be two spells because we can syncopate the rest spell. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so excited. This is prettier than a brand new, fresh, extended art printing of Chandra Dressed to Kill. Well, I mean, like, I don't know about that, but... Because it's pretty... pretty. Well, okay, if it was foil, you would get me, but it, you didn't say foil, so it's okay. Point, points made, points made. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate you sticking to your guns. I think that's really important in life. It's so they so attacked pretty. with their 3-2 Blood Tithe Harvester. We just snapped off a block here. If they spend their turn to Blood Fountain and bring it back, it's just not going to be relevant because we're just going to cast a Dreadfast Demon because we know we have the land on top. And they can't actually cast it because they don't have a second Swamp Owl. Oh, poop. <laughs> oh, no. Whatever are we going to do? Oh, jeez. I don't know. You know, I think I'm just going to actually let that resolve. I could have countered it with Syncopate, but I'm just going to let the Blood Fountain get back to my creatures here. Uh, I can get back Stitch Assistant and Smine Leech Ghoul. We're just going to get everything back because we're going to sack the Undead Butler, too. So it actually just doesn't matter, the sequencing here. Uh, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll get this. You know what would have would have made this whole line better, though? Is if we had Persistent Skeleton. I know. I'm so sad. But you know what? Like I said, he's also fodder that people waste spells on. It's true. That is a very good point. Granted, it is the perfect spell to waste on a card like that. Yes. So we're going to resolve our Dreadfast Demon, go to our end step, sack the butler. They've got a blood token and a mana open. They did bring back the Blood Tithe Harvester and the Hook Hand Mariner from their own blood fountain. But now they've got quite a, a tricky task ahead of them. We're going to bring back, I think, a Diagraph Scavenger, just keep getting their board or their, their graveyard empty if we can. But they have to answer both of the demons. They're going to get one of them with a Grizzly Ritual, but <gasps> I don't think, yeah, it is pretty rude. But I think it's a little too little too late. They're going to go to one. Well, they're attacking with their 4-3 into our 6-6. Six, six. That seems suspicious. They've got a swamp would, open. Yeah, I wouldn't block. We have so much life. Yeah. I, they can they can get the pride of, of getting a few extra points of damage. I don't think there's actually a card in the format that would have ruined us blocking there, but... We'll, we'll still just do, the, I think, the right play, which is just take some damage. We're going to crack in for six. Put them at one. And then we're just going to play a couple cards, like a Bioloom Egg. We'll play a Diagraph Scavenger. Exile something from the yard. And, oh, we get to scry a Lantern Ooh. Bear and an Island on top. Yeah, I'm okay with both those cards. Like, we've had pretty good scries. Well, you know, the Bioloom Egg has, has really hatched in our favor. And they're yes. going to scoop it up there. Well, it looks like the Unlucky Lounge gets our win here on Friday Night Podcast this week. And I, I, I got to say, a, a fair amount of that credit goes to you, my bubble buddy. <laughs> I just put it out in the universe that we needed a Dread Pass Demon, and then we could make a black deck. It was great. It truly is. Uh, now, I know that you've got a lot more world traveling and wonderful cosplays to design. So before we let you go here, I would love for you to tell all of my Unlucky Lounge Rats where they can find you on socials. How can they engage with some of your fantastic content? Yeah, um, I'm most active on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch um, under Airbubbles Cosplay. Twitter is Airbubbles. Um, but I stream typically every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not right now, just because of holidays and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, those are all the places you can find me and to see my work and the chat with me and all that good stuff. Well, before we get you fully out of the Unlucky Lounge, I, I, I think I see him coming from a distance here. He's already brought you another drink here. Are you okay sticking around the Unlucky Lounge for just one more drink? You know, I, I think I want to. I, I do have some things to do, but I can't not watch this deck play. It's so beautiful. 
and stay. In fact, she did, at least to see the rest of that round play out as we did draft for a best of three Q. And as sure as a Dreadfast Demon is making copies of itself, we pulled out the win in the full match. But how will the deck do? Well, to find out, find us on our socials, on Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch, Draft and Draft Corey, and find Airbubble's cosplay on her socials as well. She is an absolute delight to follow, so I encourage all of you to go and check out some of her phenomenal work. A big thanks to my bubble buddy once more for joining us here on Friday Night Podcast. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining us here for Draft and Draft, Friday Night Podcast. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok. And, of course, Mr. Turtle. Ooh, that's me, Turtle. And go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.